Hey everyone, in case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith? Stay true to biblical convictions? And how can we become more like Christ and share Him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Welcome everyone. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Christian Talk. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of a storm that you had absolutely no warning was coming? Well, today I wanted to talk to you about a storm that we have every indication is coming, and I believe that God wants us to be prepared for that storm. I've always joked about how in our area, the most secure kind of job you could have is that of being a weather forecaster. You see, we live near the water, and so as a result of that, we live at a place where the weather has a habit of never following through with the way that uh, the weathermen say it's going to, and we've seen that particularly in the winter time. But when it comes to the kind of storm that I believe is about to be unleashed here in America for the American church, Jesus has given us many signs, many indications that we can look to that I believe are happening all around us. And I believe that too many Christians have their heads in the sand about the very real reality that is becoming increasingly clear that I believe is going to be facing the American church in the post-pandemic world. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here in today's episode. As always, I want to begin with going straight to God's Word, and so I'm going to be quoting from Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 56. Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 56 simply says this. Jesus is talking to a crowd, and he says, When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, It's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, It's going to be hot, and so it is. Hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you do not know how to interpret this present time? And I believe that it's important for all of us in order to be prepared effectively for how we as believers in Jesus Christ are going to be able to be effective witnesses of the gospel of Christ in the world that I believe is going to be emerging here for us. It's important that we understand the times in which we're living in. And boy, aren't we living in some surreal times. We are living in a seismic shifting event that is literally unfolding before our very eyes over this last year. And it'll be coming up on just about a year here in the next few weeks to win this this pandemic that was overseas in China that seemed a world away and I remember you know hearing about it in the news and hearing about what was going on and seeing people in in Asia wearing masks and thinking how how crazy that was and 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 then I started reading things about what people were saying was going to be coming here to the United States and and I'll never forget when it was my sister who's actually uh, a research graduate at John Hopkins University and she she sent me a, a link to an article and the article talked about how uh, they had a community transmission case of COVID in California, and she told me, and I'll never forget the words she said, it's coming. It's coming for us. 
And, and this was in February, exactly a year ago that she told me that. And I remember thinking, no way. I mean, come on. I can't possibly imagine that we're going to have this virus affect our lives the way that, in fact, it did. But it happened, and, well, the whole world as we knew it got flipped and turned upside down. And sometimes I think when it comes to the signs that Jesus gives us, the signs that the Bible tells us, as well as the signs that are happening all around us in our culture, all these indications of what is to come, we uh, we can choose to kind of do what I did, be skeptical, cynical. Oh, no, it can't possibly be that bad. It's not going to get that that hostile. It's not going to get that intense. And yet, I, I have to say, I, I believe that, that it is. And I'm going to expound on what I mean by that here in, in just a few moments. But uh, the other day, you know, my wife and I, we were, we were uh, driving around and we came by a movie theater and the parking lot was empty. And, and we were just talking about how much we miss some of those things. You know, how much we miss going to, I, I was saying how much I miss going to the movies. And, you know, just it kind of just hit me how surreal this last year has been. And all those things which, you know, we miss. And we wondered what's going to go back to, quote, normal as, you know, the vaccine gets out there more and, and, The pandemic runs its course. What's going to go back to normal in our society? And what's going to be a new normal? And and that's a question that I think all of us should be asking ourselves, particularly as it relates to the future of the church uh, in America. You know, what's it going to look like? What's church going to look like? Are we just going to literally go back to doing the kind of things we did before? Or, Or are we witnessing... Uh, a transition to a whole new way of how we should approach uh, doing church or how we should approach representing the gospel in the world around us. And uh, not too long ago, a few months ago, I had lunch with a pastor uh, up the road from me. And uh, you know us preachers, we love to go out to eat. So <laughs> we were at a restaurant and and I'll never forget what he said. He said when we were talking about, what do you think what do you think God's doing through all this? Why has he permitted, you know, churches across the United States of America to be placed on lockdown and 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 as a result we're we're starting to see what what that's what effect that's hap- having on things, you know? What what do you think God is up to through this? And he said something very profound. He said that he believes that God is shaking, God is sifting, and God is shifting us. And I thought that was really profound because you, no one can deny that that our, our world, our country, the fabric of our society, um, you know, everything has been shaken. There's not one aspect of our society that has been untouched from the effects of the pandemic, of the racial tensions and, and discussions we've been having and, and the polarizing political atmosphere. Nobody can say they've been untouched. Every aspect of society has been affected by this, and of course, so has the church. So we've all been shaken, and of course, for us as believers, when the world around us is shaken, uh, that's where we come back to knowing that Jesus Christ is our rock. And and so, come what may in the world around us, we know that Jesus is our rock. And I don't know about you, but this past year, that is a truth that I have really held on to because the world has certainly seemed very out of control. And, and I think it does us good to be reminded that God is ultimately in control. History is his story. 
And Ephesians chapter 1 says that the Lord conforms all things to the counsel of his will. That includes COVID-19, that includes politics, that includes every aspect of our society, and that includes the kind of persecution, pressure, and hostility that I believe is going to be coming on the church in America here in the United States. So, um, you know, I believe that we have definitely been shaken. I believe God is sifting. He is He is sifting to see who is who is really going to be all in with him and who is not. Who is going to be willing to literally take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow Jesus? Who is willing to no longer treat Christianity uh, something casual where you feel more like a fan that's a spectator enjoying and being entertained by a game rather than actively participating in what God is doing? Because I simply do not believe that that kind of, quote, Christianity is going to be able to last uh, with the coming tests that are going to soon be upon us. Um, and as well as just with the tests of, of everyday life in this world of, of, you know, what we've been dealing with economically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I don't know how you do life in 2021 without solely and wholeheartedly doing life with Jesus Christ. But yet, uh, in America, there's been a lot of people that that uh, that profess Jesus, but I don't believe really possess Jesus, and and so they've had their foot out, you know, in the door. They've had their foot, one foot in with God, and and one foot in the world, and and again, I just simply believe that's not going to be able to wash, uh, you know, it's never really been able to wash, but you're not going to be able to get away with that because, uh, well, we're a witnessing a great shifting that is taking place. The last thing that that pastor said is that God's shifting things and and culture is shifting. And whether we like it or not, America and its Judeo-Christian uh, influence and the effects on our society of of that Judeo-Christian influence are, are lessening with time. And as a result, um, our culture is becoming increasingly hostile to Judeo-Christian values and beliefs. And so now we as as believers in Christ, we are certainly going to have to stick out if we're really going to be serious about living out our faith. And see, the thing is that God is always looking to see who is really going to be committed to him and who is not. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 9, the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He is looking. God is actively looking. He is searching. He is seeing who is going to be all in. Who is who is fully committed to me? And one of the things that we have seen as a result of the pandemic, and I've talked with other pastors that I know, and we've discussed, you know, just the effects that things are having on, 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 uh, you know, of the of the lockdowns and all that stuff. You know, there's there's three types of people now. There's those that you know are coming back to that have come been coming back to church in person, and they've uh, been willing to come back. Then you have some that they tune in online very faithfully. They're just not comfortable yet with coming back to church in person, and and I totally respect that. I think that's between you and God. As long as you're still engaged, you know, with with worship, you know, uh, virtually for the time being, recognizing it's a substitute, not a replacement for the real thing of coming together in person. You know, I think that that's totally totally acceptable. But then there's that third group and there's that third group of people that uh, ultimately COVID and the pandemics become this giant excuse 
that has led to uh, a lack of prioritization for spiritual things and for church. And, and unfortunately, we're seeing that. We're seeing that people are, are, are uh, one, in, one out of five now do not attend church virtually or in person since the start of the pandemic. I've seen all kinds of studies that have shown the lack of commitment that's been taking place. And, and so churches across the country, including churches up the road from us, you know, are struggling with, they're struggling financially. They're struggling to get by. They're, they've lost attendance. They've lost money. And, and so, you know, it's been a tough time. It's been a tough time for everyone. It's been a tough time for so many churches. And in some ways, what COVID has done has accelerated trends that were already happening in society. You know, you see that with the shopping malls. You see that with certain brick and mortar stores that have had to close down. You see it with some of the, the ma and pop stores and some of the restaurants that, that have had to shut down because they simply cannot handle, uh, you know, the, the economic hardship that's come about as a result of the pandemic. And so you see a lot of that and you see that in the church. COVID and the pandemic has accelerated trends that have been happening for years. We've been watching uh, attendance in, in the church decline for several years now, but the pandemic has accelerated that. And I believe that part of that, again, is that God is, is, is sifting to see, okay, who's really going to be in? And who's not? And the church that emerges, the question all pastors now have, as things are starting to stabilize somewhat, and, and COVID cases are coming down, and, and hopefully we're going to be on the other side of this thing in the coming months, the question now is, are the people that have left going to come back to the church? And, you know, what's that going to look like? Uh, what's church going to look like, you know, in the future? And I suspect that the church could be smaller uh, overall, but I believe also mightier. And I believe that God is preparing a remnant uh, for what's to come. And what is to come? Well, I'm not going to mince things. I'm, a, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to give you guys a, a fluffy, feel good, uh, you know, butterflies in the stomach message when it comes to this. Obviously, you know, some podcasts are, are, are going to be more aimed at encouraging us. Uh, inspiring us. This one is aimed at really emboldening and convicting us and helping us uh, see the reality and not have our heads in the sand about what's taking place. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul, in talking about the last days, and when I say last days, biblically the last days, refers to the time between Christ's first and second coming. So in that sense, we've been in the last days for a long time now. But as we get further and further in the last days, we can expect that the signs that Jesus gave and that the Bible give for what life will be like as Christians in the world, we can expect that that is going to continue to increase both in frequency and in intensity. And the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says that terrible times are coming in the last days. And then he goes on to talking about the characteristics of society. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, you know, without self-control, without love, and without, you know, natural family affection, and having a form of godliness but denying its power. All these things that don't look at all familiar to us, right? Wow. Actually, they should look very familiar to us because that describes to a T 
the kind of society that we live in as well as what's happening. And so we can expect that as we get further in the last days, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be trying and it's going to involve pressure. And in some parts of the world right now, for our brothers and sisters, it involves real persecution. And what always gets Christians in trouble, what always gets Christians in trouble is our relationship to Caesar. And when I say Caesar, I mean the state. I mean whoever is in uh, earthly power and authority. The Bible implores us uh, to respect authority. The Bible implores us to submit to authority. The Bible implores us to pray for those in authority and to follow the law, to be model citizens, but only uh, if those laws do not create a, a, a conflict of conscience for us as it relates to our faith and to what we believe. And so throughout history, beginning with Rome, uh, you know, Christians had no problem giving to Caesar what is Caesar's, but we're not to give to Caesar what is not Caesar's. We are to follow the law and we are to be model citizens until Caesar tries to uh, subvert the authority that God has. We are to follow the law until man's earthly law goes against God's law and goes against scripture. And so throughout history, and again, and with every totalitarian, uh, you know, government and regime, as well as basically every culture throughout history, Christians have always gone against the grain. We've always, um, you know, been those, those that stick out, um, you know, and so now I believe that we are in the middle of a collision course that is coming uh, over our beliefs here in the United States of America, the country that has been the exception, not the rule, when it comes to freedom of worship, when it comes to being able to practice our faith, when it comes to living out our faith. You know, um, usually in most countries that has been difficult. In most times in history, Christians have had to endure real persecution. But America was founded amidst all the debates over America's founding in history. It's very clear that religious freedom was a, a huge part of what led to the establishment of this nation. And um, unfortunately, I believe that religious freedom is under attack in the United States. And I'm just going to preface this by saying right up front, those of you who know me know that I never will um, in any way try to politicize the gospel. I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I believe that trying to marry Christianity with a political party or a political figure, I think is detrimental to the gospel. I think it distracts from the gospel and it detracts from the gospel. But there are times where our faith will collide with society and where there are real issues that demand that we as believers in Christ take a stand. And I believe we are we are in the midst of, of seeing that. And I, I think we're going to have no choice. And I'm talking specifically over our culture's beliefs uh, regarding sexuality and gender identity that are going to be in direct conflict with what we believe uh, as Christians. Right now, there is a law that is being looked upon uh, that passed the House and, and very well could pass the Senate, and that is called the Equality Act. And the Equality Act, if you look at it, and I have, and I've read it, will will create a serious conflict, a serious conflict uh, for people of faith when it comes to living out our faith 
when it when it deals with sexuality and and gender identity. We believe as Christians that marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, we believe that that we are born biologically male, biologically female, and that is uh, in direct collision with uh, where our culture stands on that now. And so it is becoming very clear if, if something like the Equality Act passes that Christian charities, Christian uh, organizations, Christian schools, and very possibly Christian churches will be under direct legal threat for not adhering to what is now the mantra of culture on sexuality and gender identity. And that is going to have a serious effect on things. Uh, and it's going to change what we've been used to here in our country. And I, for one, believe we should pray, we should fight, we should call our representatives and and, and try to do everything we can for this law to not become law, uh, because it will definitely have major ramifications uh, for, for Christians in America, without a doubt. And the only mentioning in this law of religious freedom protection, and I, let me go on the record and say, I don't think most Christians, including myself personally, are against... Uh, people who identify as LGBTQ from being able to get, you know, jobs or housing or, uh, you know, being able to, to have hospital visitation rights, those kinds of things. I think most of us are, are, we don't have any problems with that. We don't have problem with problems with equal rights. We have problems with special rights. And, um, and there's so many aspects of this law that are going to be very dangerous for, and I believe discriminatory towards Christians. And, and ironically, in the name of non-discrimination, in the name of tolerance, our society is becoming increasingly intolerant of those of us who hold to a biblical worldview. And that is not fear-mongering, that's not exaggeration, that is reality. And if you needed more proof of it, in the past two weeks, Amazon decided to pull a best-selling book from a Christian professor who uh, criticized the transgender ideology that is now being pushed very heavily by our culture. And Amazon, without even telling this man, pulled his book, as well as several others that give Christian voices on these very delicate, sensitive, complex issues, of which I'm sure I'll do podcasts on directly in the future. And the fact that this man's book was pulled like that tells us right there of where this is going. And between that and this push to cancel anything in culture that is deemed uh, unworthy or, or disagreeable with, you can bet that that is going to directly be aimed and already is at Christian voices on, on, on you know the, the controversial issues of our day. And so I'm here to tell you that we as believers will not be silenced and the gospel will not be able to be canceled and the church will will be able to stand. It always has. Uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But we need to do a reality check as believers in America of where things are headed. And we need to ask ourselves uh, between what's going on with with this potential law that's going to come out that will gut religious freedom. The only mentioning of religious freedom in the entire law is that the 1993 Religious Freedom Restoration Act which basically says, if you read it, that the federal government cannot interfere in uh, the religious conscience protections of, of believers, that law will be voided by this law. That's the only mentioning of religious freedom in the Equality Act. So that tells you right there where this is going to be going if that law becomes law. Between that and what's going on with culture now actively trying to silence, censor, and ban uh, 
conservative Christian voices on these delicate, difficult topics, we have to ask ourselves how we're going to respond to this moment. We have to ask ourselves, how are we going to face this storm that is coming? And the first thing I believe we should do is, instead of being fearful, instead of dreading, I'm going to suggest something that may sound very crazy, because I, for one, will tell you I am very concerned with where things are going. I am very concerned for my children, what world, what country they're going to grow up in, and how hostile is our culture going to get towards those of us who still believe what the Bible teaches about things like marriage and gender. But um, the first thing I would say is that we need to face this storm with anticipation, not with fear and not with dread. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, when you see these signs, lift up your heads for your salvation draws near. For too long, Christians, particularly in the realm of politics, seem to be fearful of the future and fearful of the things that are coming down the pike. And I believe we should be concerned. I believe we should take a stand. I believe we should be prayerful. Uh, But I don't believe we should be fearful because God says over 300 times in the Bible not to be afraid. Uh, If anything, we should have excitement. We should have anticipation. Because at the end of the day, we know how this story is going to end. We know that Jesus Christ is going to return in all his glory. And and that's our blessed hope. That's our our assurance. No matter where this is going, we can know that. And we can know that in history, when the church is under pressure, that's when we thrive the most. The second thing is, I believe we should do what Matthew 5 tells us, which is to be the salt of the earth. And Jesus said, salt that's diluted has no flavor, has no taste. Salt is a preservative. And in that context of Matthew 5, Jesus is telling us we have his truth. And truth is a funny thing in today's world because truth is still truth. No matter no matter what, the facts are still the facts. And so either we believe there is such a thing as, as absolute truth. Truth by its nature is absolute. And so as we live in a time where people we are told are going to want to gravitate to teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear and will not want to hear the truth, we have an obligation to stand up for and speak the truth, but to do it in love. The other thing Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 is that we are a city on a hill and that we should let his light shine so that others will see through our deeds, through our acts, through our demonstrations of Christ's love and light, they'll be they'll be drawn to it. And I'm here to tell you right now, in spite of everything that's going on, we as Christians have the opportunity to stick out and stand out more now in America than ever before for our faith. And that is a glorious thing. And that means that as God often does, uh, a revival it could be very well upon us and and in pockets it's already happening but again revival has to always start with us the church and we have to recognize that we simply cannot get away with half-hearted commitment to Christ anymore we have to we have to be all in and and the other thing is we have to stand firm we have to stand firm and stand up no matter what you know in second thessalonians the bible literally says stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught whether in word or deed Hold on to it. Um, the world's going to hate us. The culture's going to hate us like it hated Jesus because we cannot uh, change the truth of God's message. We just can't mess with that because it's not ours to mess with. And so we have to be willing to stand up and stand firm. And we have to be willing to pay a price. 
And, and I believe that it's very likely that in the coming months and years, we as Christians in America are going to have to pay more of a price for following Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we should look at that as a privilege, not as something to, to dread, not something to fear, but something that is a privilege. The mark of suffering for Jesus uh, is something that is, is a glorious privilege and a reward. And I'm here to tell you now, we have to be willing to, to face this storm head on, knowing that our God is with us in the storm. He's going to see us through it, and He is going to be glorified, and we will overcome because the victory that we have to overcome with the world uh, is our faith and our faith in Jesus Christ. May it now be more than ever before a sure thing for you and for me. So uh, I'm going to be talking about these subjects much more in, in coming podcasts. But for now, I just wanted to encourage all of you, as I always do at the end of every broadcast, taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. Stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.